Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is your main man, Rico Rocks, coming at you live, host of Social Suicide. The podcast is available everywhere, Spotify, Podbean, thank you if you're listening. Please check it out, Rico Rocks is the name, and today we have another beautiful episode. It's a beautiful, wild variety show. It is, we get into talking about leveling up in the workplace, talking about raccoons talking about all kinds of things we talk about native americans we talk about his american history it's a beautiful talk i was joined by raccoon six bella from podbean and what the heck is his name william o'connor of course good old william o'connor and it was a blast, folks. The, the episode's a fun one. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show and enjoy. Mental, yeah. Yeah, the mental game is a chick. Physically, I'm a monster. I'm, a mon- I'm not like a freak of nature. I'm not a freak of nature, but I am... A monster of nature, if you can understand the two differences. A freak of nature is somebody who just has a natural talent. They're a freak. They have some aspect, which I have a bit of cool aspects, but I, I feel like nothing freakish, except for my mindset. And But the reason I'm a monster more than a freak, Rocky Raccoon 6, I'm getting into this, I think you'll appreciate this. I was just differentiating to Bella, Bobella here, about the difference between a freak of nature, someone who is classified as a freak of nature, which I love them, amazing, if you're a freak of nature, God bless you, and kudos, but then there's what I describe, self-described monster of nature. Now, Rico Rocks is a monster of nature. Now, what this is, it's a little different than a freak of nature, because the freak of nature person is somebody who is just genetically superb, who naturally had natural talent or some sort of genetic or given thing. Now, a monster of nature is somebody who is a, it's a little less natural talent, but effort and a lot of methodology. And so that's where I'm a monster, for sure, for sure. But so, but mentally, mentally, I'm a monster. I'm I'm a, I'm fucking a freak of nature mentally. But at work, but it's it's funny. You don't get to re- truly get to see how you react until you get to see how you react. And just like Bella today, my job was pure detail and meticulousness. And I it was interesting. I did not let myself down. I didn't disappoint myself at all. But I was a little surprised at how I was handling it. Not disappointed. Not upset at myself, but definitely interesting. Interesting because when the when the tough got going, the, my mind was initially so. Let's so when when it started getting high mental when mental stress started increasing and mental effort started increasing, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I got this. I got this. This is what I do. I'm a high thinker. I'm a process machine and. Honestly, honestly, I really did really well. I handled it, and the, and the, even at the most frustrating of situations, I just and I I was started to complain in the mental. Man, Bella, Bella, get your ass up here, Bella. Get your ass, get your, get your ass up here. Hello, folks. The next person we have on is a meticulous and detailed weird girl, and let's welcome Bella. 
Ye bele bele Hello, thank you. I, I I invited you on this panel today because you're you're saying such in provoking, interesting things and I could just sit here and have you type and typing, but I'm a little impatient and maybe you could just talk yeah, instead. I'm so tired of typing either. I say you gotta get into the zone. You far, you, you sounded like you were in the zone today. You gotta get into that zone. Once you get into that zone, the zone, then, the flow. Yeah, you get into the flow. You gotta get in your own zone. So it's, I think it's a little weird. You yeah. asked me if I think it's weird that you work better under pressure. I do think it's a little weird, with all due respect, and yeah. I say the word term weird with all the love in the world. Weird. But so explain to me what what when the pressure starts to come, how does you, what is the process in which makes you better? It just, fuels, worse. it just fuels me to do things better. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it? Do you do you redirect the? Just you redirect whatever is coming up from the pressure instead of looking at it as a negative. You redirect it into energy. No, or, I just think that's how I am. I work best under pressure. I don't. But I'm trying to figure out the process. I'm trying to figure out the mechanism. So so it's like it, pressure starts. Yeah. So like pressure deadlines. Uh, and then the, the then instead uh, and when you feel stressed and you maybe feel like your mind is like this is unfair why am I working so hard yeah I get better results <laughs> and do you feel stressed do you no. feel stressed while you're getting no. better results or do you do you feel no I feel oh. good I feel good I feel mm, good that's very fascinating yeah. is it what what do you attribute that to do you attribute that to to nature or to I just think it's me I just think that's how my I'm built to work um, I mean I don't I don't I don't let it affect me like mentally and take it home and be like, Oh, oh of course, no, of course. It's nothing no, personal. No, 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 nothing no. personal, but I it's just, still, it's still happening in real just, time. And it's still, my personality is I need to work in a very busy, hectic environment in order to perform. So let, let me ask you this. What, what happens when something unexpected happens? Let's say you're in the flow and you're under a lot of pressure and then all of a sudden something goes terribly unexpected. How, how do you respond? You got to make a, you got to make sometimes an executive decision sometimes. Sometimes you got to wing it. Sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to do it. But sometimes you don't have the answer. That's okay. That's okay. Do you work alone or with other people? Mainly alone. But I do have a lot of resources and a lot of uh, connections right. that help me. Right. Yeah, that's the... Thank you for answering. I can call a friend. <laughs> right. Well, today, a lot of the things that were frustrating me mentally wasn't the pace of work. It wasn't the stress of the work itself. A lot of what I was just looking looking at the, myself, watching myself and seeing how I was performing. The thing that really was adding to mental pressure was my coworkers. Like, the way they were, the, like their role in the business, like that was adding way more pressure than the work itself. 100%. That because that's socially how you interact. Are they interacting with you? Right. What's well, there's there's two ways. There, so there's two there's two particularly mentally that like, threw me off my element even a little, which is surprising. Which is one young girl. She thinks she's really hot stuff. Thinks she could talk to me, and she is talking to me. So I guess she's right. She's talking to me like. In a way, I don't appreciate like her tone, her her just just uh, just her energy towards me. Like it's it's not it's her she is is just I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's cute. But I, which it, I'm not like oh I do how act how I want her to act. Like she, I don't need to control people. But even so, like I I, I want to check her. Like hey, watch your fucking mouth. Like like stop talking to me like I'm a fucking kid or and stuff like this. Is that is a little frustrating? But I just bit my tongue and just like whatever. Like 
And then this other girl is just like a person who is, they just aren't, they are just a little mean. They're just a mean person. They're just a little mean. And so it added pressure because instead of helping and like just having a mindset where it's like, okay, what can I do to help the situation? They just are bossy and are just like complaining and they're just a little, just like a little, not the most optimal which is a little frustrating because it's nice when you're around people who you can, they're just doing, they can analyze the situation and do the thing she's a, to do. A team player. Is she a team player? Yeah, she's not a team player. That's exactly what she is. She's not a team player. So I have a girl who's just, who she's just thinks she's hot stuff. And I have a girl who's not a team player. And that, that to me is, is a little frustrating. Definitely nothing that broke me, nothing that was out of control, but it, just to note. So what about, so the next guest we have on is a person who, he he has a suit made out of raccoon fur, and I think he might be one of the only people in the country who has one. And he's legendary. Let's welcome Rocky Raccoon Six. I'm not the only one that has a raccoon coat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Rocky Raccoon, how do you do good under pressure? Are you? Would you consider yourself a person? Yeah. I learned, now, I how good? How pressure. good are you under pressure? Like amazing under pressure, or just well enough to get by under pressure? I think I do pretty dang on good. I mean, I've, that's how I've I've lived my life under pressure. I mean, you know, when you're in the military, you don't get waddled along. They they literally pressure you to do everything, so you learn to do it under stress and to live right. with the stress and identify the stress. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, hundred percent. You talk about things like uh, freak of nature. Okay, right. People put labels on shit. Okay, they put labels on everything. Freak of nature is what somebody determines is not normal, and their idea of normal or something that is above normal, something that is out more than like something that is uncommon. Well, yeah, it's 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 usually uncommon, but where is it uncommon at? Compared to the compared to the ones around them. Exactly. Or compared to compared to the 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 median, compared to the average, uh, but exactly, it's, it's like you grow up in a city all your life. Hell, you don't even cut grass because you don't have any yard. You're in a, in a condo, and you see somebody for the first time saying, "Hey, let's go cut some grass and make some money," or "Let's go do this," and and you're not accustomed to it, and you go, "Whoa, this guy's uh-huh. crazy." So you know, you're like, saying that it's not number. a freak of nature; it's a freak of habit. Well, not not a freak of habit. Now it's it's it's. Well, I just, I just said freak to, just to keep it with the thing. But you're saying it's it's more a, a adaptation. Someone who's more adapted to to a habit versus somebody who's just yeah. a talented it's, genetic it's freak. Also, but it's also an adaptation to culture because city culture is different than country culture. Right, different and then American culture. city culture and American country culture is way different than culture of, let's say, Africa or deep parts of Mexico. Or yeah, we're, we're we're we live we literally live in the lap of luxury here in the we United live, States. We are the softest, most privileged, most spoon-fed nation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Because people and does that are, fuck with you? Does are, that ever fuck with you a little bit? Not oh, even just oh, a little hold bit. On, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute now. Okay, okay. People are taught in the United States that you don't have to do certain things to get along or to achieve greatness. You know, be a be a, a 
movie actor or a producer or be a football player or a basketball player. You don't have to do that, that crazy crap that the lower people have to do. You know, we have people, we have a probably half our population don't even know how to change a tire or check the oil in their car. They just wait and call the, the day gone car. I think it's 50, 50. I think there's a half, I think half the country, I think there's a a split right down the middle. I think half the, half of the, the way that the model goes or the half of the, the, the concept or the ideology is that like half of the country believes or goes by like, oh, I could just, it's, it's going to be because of indoctrination. But, it's because of, by the indoctrination. Like Bella, oh. she works great under pressure. She ba- She's able to make those decisions nobody else can do. Why? Well, a lot of times it's because that's her own nature to just go with the flow of distress. Some people bow to distress and get frightened and they're completely blibbering idiots i'll tell you i don't like the stress i'll tell you i I don't like the stress but i i like stress uh, but i could do i could handle it i I, i'm not the kind of person who has anxiety attacks i'm not the kind of person who throws everything down and says people like that though i'm not the kind of person who usually gives up i'm usually can get through anything so so i I can handle the stress but but it's i definitely do really well under less stress for sure but but you do that you do that from your built-in survival mode yep. in your brain. Yep. Your brain says, get through it here. Let me give you some guidance here, you know, and that gets you through the stressful parts of it because mm-hmm. you don't give up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people want to, want to take the initiative. Go ahead. When you, Say when again, you, Bella. Yeah, I want to ask Rico a question. So when you get to work let's say you had a bad uh, night or a fight with a family member or something do you mm-hmm. take that stuff into you with our work or do you just cut it off as soon as five ten percent ten percent yes just for that variation but no 90 percent of the time no unless i unless i'm in a very unique zone where i'm like I want to, I want to show these, I want to interact in a way that's unusual just for the sake of reminding everyone not to think that I, they know me exactly, which I do uh-huh. do some like very, like 10% of the time I'll just do, I'll be, I won't be the nice guy just to remind people. But yeah, I no, I'm just usually very, I just I, blow it off and continue blow, on with my own business. I blow it completely off. I never take anything from home. When I'm in work, I'm in a work mode yeah. there to do the job, and that's it. Right, yeah, exactly, same here. Then exactly. I come back home, and I'll deal with what i got to deal with at home. I've been able to do that most of my life. Let me ask everyone in here this. There are seven people in here. How many of us are left-handed in here? Is there any other left-handers? I'm not saying you're not ambidextrous, but is anybody who writes with their left hand in here? Predominant. Anybody? Any left-handers here? Not me. Not me. Not you, not you. Yeah. See, I was thinking maybe that was because to try to compare. Because I feel like me, Raccoon, and Bella, the three of us, are very similar in work ethic. In a way that we don't quit. We are intelligent. We are analytical. We are tactical. We are prompt and just stuff like this. And so I, I, it's you never know if it's like, – because you know how we all try to figure ourselves out. Uh, and we try. Go ahead. You know, Rico, a lot of people are like that. And it's because they just want to succeed through the problem. They want to, they want a, a solution. They find the solution. They deal with it. And over a period of time, it just becomes an adaptation to their personality. That's why you have people who are troubleshooters. They go in there and they take care of things that other people can't think of because they can't deal with the stress. And that's how I was raised up and how I worked throughout my entire life. 
find a solution, put it to use, get rid of the problem. Let me ask you this. Do you work in priority? Do you, because this is how I was dealing with, how I deal with a lot of my work is there's priority one things to focus on, priority one and then priority two. And perhaps priority three. And then as long as, as long as priority one is like, no matter what priority one, like, even if you're in the middle of something that's priority two, if priority one pops up, go to priority one. Do you deal with priority? Like, do you work with priority mindset? Well, yeah, I've worked with priority mindset, but my priorities are what needs to be done right now and what can wait and half an hour or an hour or a day. Okay. I used to be in construction for about 20 years and I'll tell you. You go to work on things, it's like, oh, wow, we got a storm coming in. The wind's picking up. We got to get this thing roof before the rain hits. Let's get it done. Okay. But you also have th- times when it's like, yeah, the door sticks a little bit. We'll get to it when we get the more important stuff done first. And people don't understand that. Well, I have to have my door working fine. We'll get to it. Just chill out. Okay. I mean, you have to set your priorities, but you also have to go with a goal set. Everything that you're talking about is a goal. Mm-hmm. To, to get your first goal is to do this. Your second goal is to do this. Mm-hmm. If right. you need a break from goal one, do goal Rocky, two. Do goal three or whatever. Hello, folks. The next person we have on is literally the most angelic face on Podbean and is a, angel, a walking angel in human form. Let's welcome William O'Connor. Oh, is that Bella or me? <laughs> talking about Bella. William, are you good under pressure when it comes to work? William, when it comes to working or task? His, his speech was very good, but there's one other ingredient. Procrastination. Procrastination, Procrastination. Oh, yeah. A lot of people procrastinate crap out of things. Oh, and <laughs> I'm, then I'm then a pretty bad procrastinator. And, but then Everybody they go, procrastinates at some point. Done, you know? I'm pretty bad at procrastination. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, but so let me ask you this. So, so let me just fill in what happened today. So at work today, I went as hard as I could, but it was, it was more mental than physical, still pretty, like 25% physical and 75% mental, which I usually work in a 75% physical, 25% mental. So today was a bit of a flipperoo, flipperooski. And so physically, the 25%, I had it, but mentally and all this. So, but it was interesting at the end of the day. I did my job well, no complaints, great, great day, but I did not uh, go to my dream state. Like, if it was up to me, what my goal was, was to do what I was doing. You can't be on cruise control when you're a manager like that. You cannot be on cruise control. No, I'm not saying cruise control, but I had a goal. Like, I wanted to do my job and detail and clean my area and while I was working, but the work had me so busy, I didn't have time to detail the area. And I was like, I'm going to, ca- by the, I was like, by the time the day's done, I will have the detail area. And like little by little, I would, as soon as I had, as soon as I had a second, I would try to detail. And I was never able to find free set, time. That, that's called setting a goal. You set a goal to get the damn thing done and you ended up doing it. I mean, but I wasn't able to do, do the bonus. You have to set goals and you got to stand back away from the procrastination of, well, I'll get to it whenever. Rocky? And, yep. Huh? Oh, there's an old saying, Rocky. You probably know it. How do you eat an elephant, Rocky? One bite at a time? One bite at a time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
I heard that when I was a kid, man. <laughs> oh, I told you. I, I thought you would know it. Yeah. But actually, I don't even know how I do that answer. I had just really, I had never, I just pulled that in my ass. I think he just. Another thing too to remember out. is another thing too to remember under stress is when do you stop digging the hole? Mm-hmm. Dude, you know, if you're in a hole, stop digging. If you're in a hole, exactly. Stop exactly. See, I disagree. I, I respectfully disagree. I say don't stop digging until you're. And then you'll never be in a hole. I think that you become in a hole if you stop digging. Sometimes, sometimes oh. you, sometimes you, you, you dig a hole without realizing it, and then you got to stand back and go, "What the uh, heck am I doing? I got to try something else." Okay, I am not bragging or anything like that. But I worked under tremendous press, uh, stress. Yes, you work on a tremendous press. Damn, no, I'm just kidding. So, what do you mean by that? Can you can you give an example, or can you give a little detail on what you mean by that? Was it mental or physical stress? Oh, it was complete mental stress. And Ooh, which is one of the I tougher ones. I think I mental think stress is harder. It took me about four or five years after I retired to actually come down off it. Because physical stress, I think you guys would agree with me when I say that physical stress, your body be- can become a well machine, oh, you get stronger, you get quick. But mental stress, it's almost like a re- your body, you're like a, I mean, you could build mental fortitude oh, over time, but I think mental stress is a little more unpredictable. Oh, and it's a I turned more, into a freaking machine, you know what I mean? I turned into a machine. How long and what was the process? You like what did you what, what did you gain? Like what skills did you gain that made you machine? Like what what did you get better at versus not? Well, I was, well, I think I've explained my old job to you there, Rico. I don't know. They were an air traffic yeah. controller? Correct. And so, so explain day, to me. So, like, when you started, you were you were pretty good, but by the end, you were great? Oh, I was a freaking legend. So, so what had changed? What's changed from day one to day 2000? Experience. So, just muscle yeah. memory and, and familiarity? Exactly. And expertise, exactly. all of it. That all, all of it, it play, all of it plays, Rico. Oh, hundred percent. I agree. The rem- thing you have to remember is every job has a certain amount of stress to it. Some people bend to it. Some people excel in it. Okay, I went through physical, mental stresses that you wouldn't believe because of what my line of work was before I started contracting. When I got into contracting. It was relatively easy to a point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the thing of it is, is you have to, you have to make yourself do it. That's the key to it. So let's, let's talk about what causes done, stress. You have to make yourself do it. Exactly. Don't okay. give it. Stress, can be, any, stress can be anything. You about all those soldiers coming anything. back with PTSD, right? What did you say, Bella? I said anything. I mean, you can push yourself like a, you can work after your working hours. If you're, let's say you work eight to four, you can work. Uh, eight to four. Hours. That's funny. She says eight to that's, four. Who says that? It's nine to five, Ben. Well, no. There's eight to that's four. That's kind of I know. Let's work say, at, Rock. say Rico, you chose. They show up early to work, four. Rico. Let's I don't, I can't do that. Work, well, let me finish what I'm saying. Let, let's say you choose to work after four. Uh-oh, everybody's in the matrix. Okay. Look, you sound good, Bella. Yeah, go ahead, Bella. Go ahead, Bella. Everyone, yeah. let's 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 say you work after four and you do that for years. You're not getting paid for it. You're doing it on your own. You want to get caught up. You want to get ahead. You're doing it after four. You have to be very careful with that because mm-hmm. if you can't get your job done within the parameters of what 
what is expected and you push yourself a little too hard over that, that can lead to burnout. It right. It's better to just try your best and then, then if you run out of time, then just say, dang, now I, yeah, you try to do better next time, but you let it go. And you know that, but you, you, that's a challenge. Next time, see if you could do it same amount of hours, but you can get it done next time. So you know, Rico, something you have to remember. Something you have to remember. Sometimes. Thank you. What did you say, Rocky? Rico. One thing you also have to remember: sometimes your boss puts a certain amount of stress on you. That was yesterday. You know how well you do, and yesterday sometimes they put a lot of stress on you to get a job done or to get a task done that you're doing, or to, you to keep to, to lead into the swing of it. Oh, you know, yeah. And you have to keep trying. And the reason he's that doing that, Rocky, is because he wants to look good. The reason he's pressuring well, yeah. you because he wants or, to look good. Or he wants he to wants train to, you so that way he has a strong. No, no, no. He's worried about one thing and one thing only. Hmm. The bottom end he's dollar. Lord. He wants you to do so many things per day. And if you do that, fine. And then pretty soon he says, okay, I want you to do this twice as fast as you did the other day. And you try your hardest. Let me let me bring up a, pro- a concept that's gonna that it was ch- is gonna like blow everyone's mind here because this is something that maybe it'll blow your minds. So I, I'm a person who's like I step up to challenge. I try every day my best. Da, da, da. But what what happens when you do that? What you lose when you do your best and you become a great worker and your work ethic is great. One thing that you don't do well. One thing you're not familiar with is not trying and to 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 give up and this is also very yeah. interesting if you think about it because oh, let me finish the sentence because whenever there's a situation where there's like you need to step up and, and all the pressure's on you and you you accomplish it well then what like for example so i don't have a situation where i'm used to just saying no what no i can't handle this or oh i'm gonna give it up and so what's to be said for that for to 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 just to, 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 to be, to just say, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I, I don't have any familiarity with that since I always want to give it There's a good two shot. Words. Two words, Rico. Persistence and consistency. If you go in there yep. and be persistent and consistent every day, nobody okay. can complain. Okay, I remember what I was saying now. I, I kind of lost train of thought. So, so what happens is, so, so let's say that you had a lot of pressure. Has anybody in here ever just said, you know what? Nope, I get not today or oh no, it's too much. You have to learn to say and no. just say you have to learn to say no. and just fail and be That's okay with being a failure. As you can say yes all the time. You also have to learn to say no. And you so give me an example of that. For six days before, dude, you call in. It's called a mental day off. If no, if your boss comes to you with a project and it's feasible or it's not feasible, you you, you can't meet it. You you can't meet the deadline. You need resources. You have to you have to communicate that because Dude, I hate that. Like I don't let myself go there often. That's a weird because if you don't, then you're over promising something that you can't finish and then Right, or running yourself to the bone. They will respect you more and come and say, Okay, so what do you need? And if they don't help you, then that's kind of like I don't think that's being a good boss really. If Has, uh, Bella, have you did you start off with great work ethic, or did it, or did you start off with a shitty work ethic and then learn realize that? I've always had a very high work ethic, and I've been much of a perfectionist, which has come to. Oh wow! Mean, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a perfectionist. That's amazing. No, it's right, not. right, <laughs> right. No, I mean, no, it is kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. Well, I mean, amazing it's in the amazing, sense. Amazing, but it's just amazing. I mean, it, it's work, interesting. Work to your dismay as well. A hundred percent. I I started off hey, with hey, a little less. Yes. 
Rico, something that you have to understand. Something you have to understand, Rico, is that your worth ethics are brought on by the prior jobs you get that help you become a strong worker. And then the decision to be to be a deliver. Well, hold on a minute. You have to be able to communicate with your boss or your supervisor or whoever it is, even though he might not have any clue about what's going on. He just says, I've been told you got to do this. And he has no idea what the heck you have to do, but you have to strive to get it done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to say, hey, I need some help to do this. This is too much or this is too heavy or this is going to take longer mm. time than it. And if you don't do but that. That's way less. That's then, way then, less, then, right? Listen, hold on. Hold on. Then they look at that as a failure and you lose your job in some instances. Right. You because have to they, be able yeah. to communicate, but you also have to be persistent. And, and, and getting and figure it out. things done to a certain point Correct. and say, hey, look, I got to this point by myself and I right. asked you for help and you didn't w- let me have any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, That's I used true. to work in machinery. I've worked in the military in different jobs. I worked as a construction contractor and I went around doing shit nobody wanted to do as a contractor. And I say, let me make your dream come true. Here's mm-hmm. how we'll do it. And wow. I completed my jobs without any problems, wow. okay, without any real problems. Sometimes I did have problems, and it's like, well, crap, okay, it's going to take an extra day. Right. You know? And the people still got what they wanted. They still got what they, how they envisioned it because I helped them visualize what they wanted. I had a woman who wanted a, a room turned into a walk-in closet. It was a bedroom. Nobody would touch it. I went in there and said, I can make your dream come true. How long have you been waiting? Because I've been waiting for 10 years to get somebody to do this. When I got done, that woman gave me a $1,000 tip because she was so freaking happy. I mean, what really is the difference between a room and a closet? Just like putting up some freaking, some fucking poles to hang your clothes on? Really? That seems like something that's... It's not quite that, it's not quite that easy. What's the transition? Like you have to... Oh. No, then, hold on. I got I a guy. Well, hold on. I put in racks along the walls. I put in some standing racks I made out of wood. I put in uh, drawers and small chester drawers in there for her to put clothes and stuff in. And she was elated with it. She was fucking so oh, happy she couldn't stand it. Do you still do? Do you still do you still do piecework? Because I, if you do, if you if you're for hire, I would love. I don't even have a car. <laughs> no, but let's just pretend I have a car. I'm freaking retired. I was going to say, my request is if I could have you do a custom, do my entire, I want you to do the entire interior of my car in raccoon fur. <laughs> so I haven't, like, raccoon fur. I've only got 50 raccoons stand. I don't think I have enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cadillac or raccoon out? Cadillac? All right. Hey, Rico, stand by. Rocky. I have a dude that my kitchen is being transformed Monday and Tuesday, two days down, right? My kitchen is being transformed. Uh, It's not cheap. Did you hire somebody you knew or did you hire somebody just like, how did you find the person who's doing it? I went to a home show and I looked at their product. I said, this stuff is cool. You know? Are they, do you think they're, they're charging you fair or do you think you're paying like high top dollar? Well, I was going to ask Rocky. Rocky. What's a complete huh. gut 
refurb of a kitchen cost, do you think? 10000 Oh, boy, it depends on how much you haven't done. You have a new cabinets put in, new appliances, uh, correct. new drywall put up. Correct, correct. You know, let, let new pipes? Correct. New plumbing and stuff? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Plumbing, put new plumbing, plumbing in where you put the day gone. No, a new uh, sink. Sinks a new sink there. Uh, new, yeah. But, no. No, but not new I'm actual, thinking. like, drain pipes and stuff, like PVC and, like, stuff like this. If you give me a second, Rico, I'll explain to Rocky what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm keeping the countertop. The countertop's fine. I'm keeping the sink. Nothing's changing there. I'm keeping my appliances. I got three stainless. I got my refrigerator needs to be upgraded, but that, I'll come later. But the yeah. dude is relaminating. It's called refacing. Mm. Are you familiar with that, Rocky? Oh, raccoon. Oh, raccoon. Rocky's raccoon call. meter went no, off. There's I a raccoon. phone call coming in there. Okay. Okay. Hey, William, William, is your refrigerator still running? Uh, it's. Oh my God, it's down the street. We go. Oh, you better go catch it. I've got it already down the street. <laughs> Woo! Now, William, the thing, the thing that I look at is, did he bring in new cabinets for you? And how much did the okay. cabinets cost? I'll be back up I'm keeping the carcass. Bye, Bella. Keeping the box. Thank you for calling in. Right? They're relaminating them with a laminate. Okay. Yeah. And this dude's working by himself two days, right? Son of a guy, he gets here at seven, leaves at three, does his job, and is what, you know? Is he he looks to be in late 20s, maybe? Wow. What I a cool, what a what an interesting guy. What a What a go-getter. He's on his own. No, he's, you know, he's he's a he's a crew member. He's a freaking, you know, like tradesman for this company. You know, they I would love to do that. I would love to be like that. He, they trust him to go on the site and just do it. All you gotta do is leave him alone. Don't interrupt him. You know. I did some gutters on a house last summer by myself, where I was. I had the gutter truck and I I put the gutters on the house by myself and put the spouts and everything. Anyway, William, that cool. that was probably costing you, well, oh, today's price is, I say, probably 15 grand. Dude, you're not I don't far know off. the extent of how big 16. you're. Huh? 16. Six, 30 cabinets, 16. Well, how much of it is okay, material well, said, versus labor? I said 15, so you're saying 16. <laughs> oh, I said you were very close, Rocky. I said you were very close. Yeah, very close. Yeah. So, guys, let me ask you this. I could use your guys' as fatherly advice because you guys are both like big brother kind of persons here. So I do really well f- with the job. So that's not an issue. Like, I might work at the Supreme. I'm a mental guy. So that, but you know what I am having a lot of struggle with and what I, where I, I'm very weak at is confrontation and stuff like this. I'm a good worker, but I'm very bad at confrontation. I'm not good at fighting. I'm not good at negotiating. These kind of things. I'm, I was a shitty salesman. And so I, I work like a man who's worth... 10 times what I get and I, I'm getting, I want to get a pay increase and I really want to talk to my bosses about paying me more, but I just keep avoiding it and I don't know what to say and it's, but it's starting to you, frustrate me. Like, how do, you, how do I get a pay increase? What do I tell them? Rico, well, the first step them. is you gotta be willing to correct the employees. You gotta be willing to make them stand up and call them out when they're doing wrong. Yeah. 
No, I'm talking. Okay, that's fine. I will, but you I'm talking about like show, me. You, you have to, hey Rico, Rico, you have to show leadership with your subordinates. Exactly. Now I'm doing exactly. this. But not, now how do I? Now that like, do I come up to them and say, "Hey, listen, I've shown you I'm a good leader. I'm showing this. So now pay me better." Like, how do I? I just am having a struggle like bringing up the conversation of a raise. Well, first of all, your crew has to show the improvement of your ship that is more sort of productive than the other one. Which it, I think it is. I think it is. I think either, I've done all the I've proved myself. I've, I've, I've put in the work. Now it's just like they're just like stringing me. Like now they're just having fun. Like they're like, wow, look what great and Like they're just milking me at this point. How do I go from being oh, milked you, to you, getting you go. Hey, uh, I've been looking around. I might be able to get a more pay at another, in another restaurant, you know? Right. But then like I feel like that's negative. If, Jimmy, if I just go in there and be like, oh, I'll go somewhere else if you don't pay me. I feel like that gives a bad taste in their mouth, like like a threat. Is that the way to go? It by? is a threat. It is a threat, Rico. Rico, the thing you got to ask yourself is, do you want to be a slave to the same son of a bitch who paid you poorly, or you want to be a slave to the guy that's going to pay you well? It is a threat, Rico. Can you repeat that? Can you repeat that, Rocky? I said, do you want to be a slave to the person that pays you like crap, or do you want to pay to be a slave to the person that treats you well? Is that how I talk to him? Tell him, like, listen, I'll be your slave, but I want to be a well-paid slave. No, you don't no, use those no, words, no. Rico. You don't use those words. That's what I'm asking. I'm saying, I'm saying to you, Rico, do you want to be a slave to somebody who pays you uh, tiddlywinks? No. Or do you want to be a slave to somebody who pays Rico. you well? Yes, that's what I want. And I'm, getting, to be, Rico, okay. I'm the ladder right now. You have to stand up. Rico, here's what you do. The dude that's above, you go... Look, sir, I, I I enjoy working here. I like my employees. I think I'm doing a good job. Um, I think I'm going to start looking for other options because I need more money. I think that's a nice way. See, like that, I feel like I'm comfortable with, and I played the scenario out in my head. I just, uh, I've been really been needing to do. I should have brought this talk to them probably them, like two weeks ago. Don't threaten to quit. Don't threaten to give them two weeks' notice or anything. Just go. I'm exploring my options. I'm exploring my options. Okay, yeah. you know, guys, I'm performing like a fucking like a high level guy, and I'm getting paid minimum wage, and I'm performing like I'm running crews, I'm I'm fucking like I'm doing death defying work. I'm like I'm just I'm freaking shining. I'm getting compliments constantly. I'm getting compliments constantly. Get like from customers. Like I'm a and superstar, Rico, and then I'm getting paid minimum you wage. Say that. You say, Rico, Tell your boss, I'm exploring my options. Rico, what you have to do is you have to go in and just talk with him. Don't be afraid of your damn boss. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Go in there and say, he's hey, not boss. No, just go in there you. and say, you can go in there and say, hey, boss, look, I, I've been, I've been looking at these things that I can do in other places to make more money. And I would like to right. stay here. And make a little bit more money than what you're giving me now. And I feel I'm doing it because here I'm doing this, this, and this. You know, you explain to him because he might not even be watching you. Oh, he no, they're definitely, he's definitely watching you. He might be, well, listen, he might be listening to somebody else on the shift who's taking the credit for what you're doing. Yeah, no, you have to explain it's, it's, it's yourself. And if you don't explain yourself, you won't go nowhere. So, so guys, keep updated on this. Like, like very soon when we talk again, check on me in like a week, and like I'll tell you the update of how that conversation went. Because I, I'm well, getting no, to. You can't be confrontational. Do not be confrontational. I think I'll be confrontational, yeah, be confrontational but I just am afraid. Yeah. 
I don't. I'm you not have a to, you, guy. Sometimes your boss is looking for somebody who's got a set of gonads that'll take care of things. Right. You know, you have to show and explain to the boss what you're worth. And you have to be upfront yep. and you have to be honest about it. Right. Exactly. I think, I think I'm worth very much. I think I've proved myself. I think it is. But they're not bringing up the conversation. Right. You might first. think so, but he might not be getting those vibes and you need to no. talk to him. Right. Right. Well, definitely. Definitely. I don't see how they wouldn't, though. I'm pretty like I'm pretty like out like outstanding. I'm pretty abnormal and uncommonly. Good. Yeah, but he thinks he might be satisfied while you're being paid. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's the problem. Like I was waiting for them to bring it up. No, no, no. They won't bring it up. Oh, they won't they're worried bring it up, about dude. The, they're, they're worried, worried about the top end dollar, Rico. Oh, that's all they're worried about is the top end dollar. And if you're a, a good worker or a great worker, they want to keep you. They'll pay you a little bit more. But if he says, right. no, I can't afford to pay you anymore. And you know, sales are up. You know that everything's running fine. You say, Hey, look, boss, you know, I, I, I can probably explore some other options then. Right? Dude, like, I even yeah, got an upgrade. Okay. I got a promotion. I got a promotion without even getting a pay Now listen to if me. If they can keep you on this current pay week, though, why saying, would they pay you more? Yeah. I did because because I give my work my heart out and the oh, no, 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 it's because you don't speak up for yourself. I agree. You I have don't. To, you have to speak up for yourself, and you got to show them that hey. You know, I've got other options I can go to. I can go to another place down the street if I have to, but exactly. you don't want to. You want to stay right there and work with him because you like the place and you tell him how good the company's running and stuff. But you have to explain where your feet are standing at the time. If you want to get a little bit more money, it doesn't hurt to say, hey, do- hey, boss, can I have an extra couple bucks an hour? I'm working my exactly. butt off. Here's what I'm getting done and blah, blah, blah. You might find out you might become the new assistant manager if you're that good. Exactly. Right. I mean, I've, exactly. I've become, I'm a shift manager now. I've been went from, can you remember the shift manager? Yeah, uh, but a shift manager ain't shit. Right, right, right. I, I'm very, it's a very the assistant manager. When he ain't there, you're running the show and you show him that you can keep it going. Right. That, that's where I'm still early. I'm still early learning and stuff. But That's where yeah, you're think- trying to learn it. And like I say, you have to explain yourself. If you're afraid to explain yourself to your boss, you will not succeed to where you want to go, only where they want to keep you. I'm going to have your headphone with you guys in my ear when I talk to my boss. I'm going to have you guys exactly. there. <laughs> oh, dude. Like your, oh, that Rocky, you know, there's that story of the dude with the big nose that would whisper into the one dude's ear all the all the poetry to the lady yeah yeah Yeah, that's amazing yeah guys this is gonna happen I I think the next day I keep telling myself oh the next day I'm going to work I'm going to have these talks the girl fell in love with the words you know yeah exactly exactly I I don't know I'm a bit uh, non-confrontational but I'm a great worker you're apprehensive you're apprehensive is what you are yeah I need to it's an annoying feature if you stay apprehensive, you'll stay where you're at. Sometimes you got to grab the alligator by the back of the tail and smack him on top of the head, okay? Absolutely. Don't get ready to grab the alligator. I'm going to, man. I'm going to have to have this talk. And, and Just it's, go in there and talk to him. Don't get, I, I don't get, I, I'm very serious. 
Do not get confrontational. Don't sell. No, I'm not. That's not my nature. I'm not a. I'm not a bully or anything. You know, don't threaten to quit or threaten to do. Don't do that. Just explain to them. Dude, Some people say that that's the way to go. Some people say the quitting is the way to go, and then they'll call you back like, oh, come back. Oh, we'll give Not you what you want. all the time. <laughs> Not, Not all the time, time Rico. Dude, just ask them. Go, go dude, am I ever going to make more money here? Right. That's a good question. How do I make more money? How do I make more yeah. money? You know? Right. Like now, and I just started training. My hand, yeah, how do I make more money without putting my hand in the till like everybody right. else is doing? Exactly. How do I make more money without trying to without sneaking products out the storage and selling them on the side here? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you just ask. Does that me. happen? Does that really this, happen, this, Rico? No, I don't do that. I'm just I was just being silly. No, I'm saying, <laughs> does it happen? I didn't say you did it. Does oh it no, happen? I don't really think so. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think on a big scale. No, probably no, no. doesn't. Maybe a little bit. Doesn't. Like the other day, though, which was surprised. I never work Sundays, but I just worked this Sunday that just passed on Easter. My first Sunday in the six months I've been with this company, and it was this. So I was like, to see the Sunday crew, I saw something I was very, very uneasy about. I believe what oh, I, I saw was they traded a bunch of our restaurant food for the restaurant next door to us's food. Which, if they're doing that, that is gonna fucking kill us in the in our yep. stuff. In our, I'm in, sorry. In, I'm sorry. Rico, explain that again. They didn't. So, so I, what they did is they they went to the restaurant next door and said, "Hey, give us a bunch of your food, and we'll give you a bunch of our food." So they traded just because they wanted they like the lunch. That like is that bad. When I seen that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like no, I did not like. Right. That's the first time I ever seen that. So that's that, called restaurant you know suicide. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. That's not terrible. No, that's pretty bad. Hey, I'll make you a Big Mac and give me a burrito. What's wrong what with that? You know? Ten Big Macs. You're talking about like twenty, like fifteen Big Macs, perhaps, like something like that. Oh, it's fifteen Big Macs for a burrito. I'm saying because they gave us like a bunch of food, like they gave us a feast. So that means we must have to give them a feast back. I don't know. Maybe. You know, maybe that was a perk on Eastern, dude. Maybe they. I don't know, but that was very uneasy. I'd not like that. It's not the worst thing. It's not the no. worst. But then, but like, if they've, I just feel it's not. It's just one of those things I did not like to see because I'm sitting here trying to talk about, oh, I want a raise, and then we're getting, we're losing profits like that. Then it's going to be, it's going to be hard to justify a raise. It becomes, it comes down to. Oops, someone's going echo. Is that me? I'm sorry. How dare you? Is that me? Is that me? It must be. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like it was you. Well, guys, thank you very much for talking about pressure and work. I have an echo now, too. No, everybody's dementia. I think you guys have dementia. It's not just me. Hey, do you guys know that I once swung a I, I once swung a raccoon around by its tail till its asshole whistled. Rocky raccoon. It wasn't, it wasn't a very big raccoon if you did that. You I swung a some of these monsters I get to catch. Oh. I get I some that could probably tear up. We're not talking about your dates, Rocky. We're not talking about the women you bring home. Oh, dude, I ain't Rocky, about the women I either, man. I block on the garbage can every night because of freaking raccoons going there. You ever see a seventy pound? You ever see a seventy pound raccoon and what it could do? Oh man! 
Okay, so dog killer. Let me ask you this: pack of dogs, man. Who would win? Who would win? A seventy-pound raccoon or a seventy-pound skunk? The dog. Seventy-pound. The dogs will die because the raccoon is vicious, and they will mess you. No, I'm talking about skunk though. Skunk versus raccoon. Giant skunk versus giant raccoon. Who wins? Raccoon kill it. Really, skunk is a weird creature. It is, but it's 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 defensive versus spray. I, I used to walk my dogs before I went to work, right? I used to walk my dogs early in the morning before I went to work. You know, my tutor. And one morning, I swear to God, I, I just walked through a skunk cloud, right? And I was like, Uh-oh. oh, shit. And I walked, yeah. but I was already dressed for work, right? So I get the dogs in and I go, <laughs> I, don't, I don't smell too bad. I go to work and everybody's going, Jesus Christ, it's more like a goddamn skunk. Smoking that good yeah. weed. No, that I vapor gets... That vapor is made with an oil. I, I trap skunks. And that vapor has an oh. oil to it, and it Damn. will attach itself to everything. It it's like very... Oh, it's very... It's oil. It's it's like a fucking it's oil that you can't... Work. It's like petroleum I, jelly. It is a, it, it's an oil. It's, it's an like oil. petroleum jelly, it's, it's dude. About the only reason I would buy a gun would be to shoot a goddamn skunk. It's baby oil, basically. No, no. It's no, baby oil. It's, it's, raccoon it's essence. It's hey, it's hey, guys. Hey, guys. Guys. Raccoon skunk essence used to be used in the best perfumes available because it's it raccoon skunk and it stayed forever. No, they would take it and they would dilute down the smell and use the oils off of it to make perfume last longer and stay on the body longer. Is that true? Is that real? Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Yes, it is. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this up right now. Look it up. That's true. Look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. The best French perfume is made with skunk essence. I feel like that's. I feel like that's like something that ain't true. Listen, listen to me. Listen, to me. it's denatured, so it doesn't stink. But the oil is still there, and the oil bonds to everything. Wow. wow. I mean, it makes some sense. It makes some sense, but it's still, I used to sell this shit, man. I used to sell. I used to sell this shit. That's like some people who eat blue cheese. Like it's something more so repulsive, yet some people like. I no, love it's not cheese. repulsive. It's not repulsive when they refine it. What they do is they take the smell out of it. They add right. a few oh, so it's in just it. the pheromones? It kills the smell. Yeah, they kill the pheromones <laughs> no, in it, the and oil. then the oil it's, it's is left. Oil. Oh, because it has a natural oil? No, yeah, it's just like bear grease. Yeah. It's a natural it's bonding oil. Ah, I see. It's, it's like a natural bonding oil that sticks and doesn't freaking lose its grip on nothing. It's crazy to think no. that nature is actually more efficient and more powerful or more great than synthetic man-made oil. Like, oh, yeah. like well blubber, bear when grease. Did you that out? Today? Like bear what? grease is some of the best oil in the world. Well, bear grease is a good oil, but there's a lot of other things out there that are also natural that are sold. I used to sell beaver caster and skunk essence and different glands off the Dagon coyotes and the raccoons and the mink, the muskrats. Really? Wow. And I, I cut those human little things I off. How good listen, we are. listen to me. Listen to me. I cut those off. I put them in the freezer bag. I freeze them until I get ready to sell them to a fur dealer. And he sells them on the open market at the fur auctions. And they have people who come to the fur auctions just for gland. They go in there to, to buy different kinds of glands. 
Like oh, one of the best ones. Huh? They're not making perfume. Are they making perfume? <laughs> Depends on who's buying what. I'm trying well, to explain why, to why you. Did, well, hold on, hold well, on, why hold do on, William. Why the glands? Why do people Beaver, buy the glands? Beaver caster is used in food as a natural flavor enhancer. Mm. Oh, yeah, ice cream? Kind of thing? You like What's ice nasty? cream with vanilla? It's a perfect one for that because oh, I love vanilla. That's what beaver caster smells like vanilla. Oh, so it's really? easy to hide. Oh. But it also helps bond the Dagon ice cream taste together. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh, dude, Rico, you'd be amazed that every part of that cow that they slaughtered before your hamburger meat is used in something. Oh, yeah, no, no I believe not, that. Not just, not just that. that. Not just that, but you know what's in chlorine bleach? No, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me think. Chlorine bleach. Is it... Chlorine? Ah, chlorine bleach. Stop you putting your clothes. Hold on, don't answer. I want to see if yeah. I, my mind could formulate. Let me think about it for oh. two seconds. Is it, <laughs> it's bone, is it, is it bone marrow? Nope. Okay. Urea. Oh, urea. Get Where does urea come from? Bladder. You piss it. Exactly. It's refined down in the urea is taken out of the pee. And it's used in chlorine bleach. Because it also helps with the reduction of stains. Oh, but like baking soda, something like baking soda. If you put a drop of chlorine bleach in your in your goddamn water to purify it, guess what? What you're drinking cow piss? Yeah, that's (laughs) something that they do, like a survival technique. I learned if you take full shot. You could take kill shock and you hey, Go ahead, you, William. You okay. guys, you, you guys are ahead. lapping each other. Okay, well, okay, William, you go first. How do they capture calpis? Yeah, how do we capture calpis? <laughs> they butcher the animals. They drain the Dagon uh, bladder or they cut the bladder out oh. and they, they can tie them off and they send them out. Oh, and it's I dried. It. It's dried in an oven. That's crazy. And then it's broken down chemically to get out to certain kinds of, of uh, chemicals oh. and, and uh, nu- nutrients in it. It's got to take a pee? lot of cows. It's got to take a lot of cows to get that much urea. Well, let oh, me tell you yeah. something. Uh. Let me tell you something. There's only like maybe 0.1% of the damn thing has urea, has urea in it. Now, huh. just think of how many cows are killed every year in the open markets oh, around I know. the world. Oh, you guys, so good. thank you for that. That's fascinating. Year. Bella just put in chat, which was going to be my point bringing up, is she asked, We are cleaning with cow piss, so what about chlorine to clean pools? Well, that's interesting you asked that, Bella. Because exactly. What now, I learned from this survival group, this couple, this old survivalist couple, is that you could purify water like in an emergency situation with pool shock. Well, yeah, because, because, hold on, hold on, guys. Let me break this down yeah. for you. Okay, I used to be in water sur- uh, purification when I was a medic. I had to go around monitor the ship with a right. extensive right. test kit. Okay, right. what they don't use is bleach. Bleach is really not what you want to use. What you want to use is cal- calcium hypochloride, which is a natural salt. It's been purified. You get all the other crap out of it. 
And that's what's used in water purification is calcium hypochloride, not chlorine. But it can work if you use chlorine. You might get the shits for a day, but your body will get used to it and it'll pass through. You shock shock your pool with chlorine. You shock your pool. And you're killing what? What are you doing with it? You're killing the bacteria in the pool because. Hold on. You have to dilute it though. No, no, listen, the, the, the pool will automatically start to list out a certain amount of it per gallon that runs through the filtration system. Okay. Right. What it's doing is it's an alkali. Oh. All the Dagon parasites are what? Acid base. Oh. Chlorine gets in there, it sucks the life out of them, they're dead, they go through the filter system, get trapped in the acid based? Are humans acid based? Well, we're acid. Everything, everything living has a, a certain amount of acid. We have, we, a we have a balanced pH. Yeah. Yeah, bacteria is a little more between, simple. So it's a, between six point two and six and 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 uh, seven point two is our is what we run on. Some people have is a little more pH? acid. Is that our pH? That's our pH. All right. So we're, so we're balanced far- more with alkali. That's why when you get dehydrated you crave salt right your body cool. your body gets rid of salt your brain says i need salt or you're going to pass out so you yeah, get correct. salt or you pass out <laughs> yeah and then glucose is sugar yeah well that's right. it so to get back to the skunk thing there's two points I'm going to look up that raccoon talked about. One was skunk perfume, and the second one is i was going to ask what a word he used means when he talked about squirrel is a word he used, like not essence, but something like that. He said a raccoon and then a word after it, which I, I'm not familiar with. I said with. skunk essence. Yeah, but what's another word you used? You said, like, I think. There's something like that. You said skunk a different essence. Word. Just, just take and, and uh, search um, skunk uses. I did did already. I did already. So so let's check this out. It says skunks belong to the family Mephitidae, which means double foul odor. They have the ability to spew the noxious secretion from twin and anal glands as a mist or a stream that can reach up to 15 feet. Either way, you can smell this think a full mile away. Predators or pets yep. who receive a direct hit equivalent to getting a face full of tear gas, says one writer, can suffer from temporary blindness and vomiting. Some perfume manufacturers rely on skunk secretions. The skunk's offensive output mm-hmm. also features ingredients that cause the smell to linger for weeks. To steal yep. from the theals, the theals, these chemicals are added to perfumes to make the pleasant and expensive scent last longer. By the way, skunks themselves are turned off by several smells. Citrus, ammonia, mothballs, and urine of predators like coyotes and foxes so now the second thing i was going to look up whenever you mentioned that you used to use these different things you were like oh i use this and i use that can you repeat like that that mind that phrase that you were saying like you were like oh i used to use i use these i used to sell this i used to do this because there was a word that i I wanted to look up but i I can't remember what it was okay beaver caster that caster what's caster i'm gonna look up caster beaver caster that's the anal glands of a beaver he marks his territory by shit a little bit of essence onto a mound of dirt. Animal okay. It has a smell kind of like vanilla. Oh, beaver. Beaver's, beaver caster. Beaver caster. Gestation period. Interesting. What is an animal called a caster? Beaver. Caster cannonadius. Beaver. Laura Rogers. 
category, yep. man. Most common names, baby. Also, beaver is a caster. It has to be a beaver, I think. Yeah, beaver is nothing more than a giant it's water rat. So it's a caster. He's a vegetarian. He only eats. He only eats vegetation. Mainly yeah. tree Son bark. of a bitches can go through a tree, though, Rocky. The son of a bitches can Damn tear right. out a tree. Beaver they can Dan. tear out a, a three-foot diameter tree in a heartbeat. Son of a bitch. It's crazy when you see that shit, you know? Yep. Interesting. I used Interesting. to do a lot of beaver. Throw, I used to do a lot of beaver trapping for guys who were losing trees the, on the river. Huh? And they wear out the ones that they wear out their teeth, they grow back. Well, they oh. constantly grow, just like a rat. Constantly really? grow. That's awesome. That's why they got to teeth. I wish we could do that. I wish our teeth grew. They constantly grow. It says what's all, all your rodents have. All your rodents have teeth that constantly grow. You want to see something go through the roof of a rat's head? Put him in a cage and don't give him anything to chew on. That's hard oh, enough that's to great. tear his teeth down. They'll grow right through his muzzle. Speaking all the, of this nature, I'm looking at his sunset tonight. It's just beautiful. I love sunsets. Wow. It's absolutely beautiful. Bella says in chat says, Millions of people across the globe. Yeah, sunset.com, folks. Bella says, Billions of people across the globe are eating beaver butt and don't even know what they're consuming such a substance. It's called castorum, and it's emitted from the castor sacs within the animal's anus. Is that castor are you talking about yeah. castor oil? No, castor oil. Um. No, no. Castor oil is made from a, a bean called the castor bean. Okay, yes. okay. I, I thought you were referencing that. I thought I, I was no, a little no. Beaver castor is only used for either bait or for flavor enhancer. Natural wow. flavor enhancer. Yeah, I think that I think that rats are a very unique, very interesting creature for sure. They're very gross. They're very. Hey, Rocky, different. you seem like you're very uh, in tune with these animals, right? You're very in tune. His name is Raccoon so, Six. For God's sake. Here's what I do, uh, Rocky. Well, I piss around is, my yard. I piss around my yard. I I make my own sort of territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I put Epsom salts around the garbage cans. I read yeah. that they. Animals don't like Epsom salt. They don't like cayenne pepper and cinnamon and stuff like this. I just read. Have you heard that, Rocky? Yeah. That they don't like Epsom salt. <clears throat> yeah, it also helps your grass grow too. <laughs> De weed your grass. Well, I just want to keep them out of my garbage can. But, I know, I know. Epsom salts has a lot of things because it's an alkali, and they don't like the alkali when they step on it because it feels like they're walking on broken glass. It's like they're okay. walking on fire, huh? It's like they're touching yeah. fire. Wow. Yeah, it, it, cool. it hurts okay. their feet when they walk across anything Dude, rough. a bag of Epsom salts costs two bucks at CVS. I'm going to keep that around my garbage can. Yeah, now you have to put it out. You have to spread it out. I mean, I don't know how big oh, your, not just your like trash a can area right? is, but you got to put it out about a foot. That way when they start oh. to walk on, they'll back away from it. Oh, I get it. Good if idea. you got them on Good concrete, idea. if you got it on concrete, you just throw it up on the concrete. But you have to change it every time it rains. No, you have I, to I put it around. in a very discreet circle. I did a very discreet circle around it. Yeah, William loves bats. Okay. Something, something else that pisses off raccoons is peppermint. 
yeah. along with Peppermint. mice and rats and a lot of uh, squirrels. Like that, like that. Ammonia like too, ammonia. Peppermint? Raccoons do not well, like ammonia. Well, yeah, but peppermint smells a hell of a lot better than having ammonia, like, especially in your garage. Put peppermint swabs around. Just get some peppermint, some pure peppermint oil. Put it on cotton balls and throw it in your garage. You won't have no mice in that sucker because they do not like wow. the smell of peppermint. You're totally Same with squirrels. You're yeah, yeah, they don't like that. They don't like chicken me. powder. Listen to me. All rodents hate the smell of peppermint. That's weird. I got to keep the squirrels up the bird feeders, dude. My breath smells like peppermint. Owl in it. I the tell birds, you that. The birds don't mind the peppermint because they're usually running around and landing in the flowers anyway. So right. it doesn't bother them. But when when rodents get around feeder. peppermint, it just throws them mind and them. I'll put a special feeder out for them, but I don't like them climbing up to my goddamn feeders. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have to constantly keep your other feeder filled between the birds and the squirrels. <laughs> birds and the bees. I got nothing else to do. Well, I got nothing else to do. I, I, I fill them every morning, you know? Really? You're one of them. I'm one of them. I'm just kidding. Something you can do with the squirrels is make a funnel and hook it to your tube as you may have your your bird feeder Correct. on. Correct. Put that funnel uh, uh, around the tube and make it about a, about a foot to 16 inches in diameter at the bottom. It can't get over it. They can't climb over. I, to, I understand. It's, it's too smooth for them to grab onto, and they can't get. And they hang it upside down for a momentary thing, and they fall. Yep. But when they I get on it. that, if they get on that funnel, though, they'll fall right off up because they can't grip it. Correct. Correct. All right, Rocky, you're sort of an outdoors dude. dude. Yeah, you no, Rocky Raccoon is the outdoors king of poverty. I've been trapping since I was 16, so let's see. That would be, what, 57 years, 47 years? All right. Here's a reference <laughs> only Rocky will get. Here's a reference only Rocky will get. Rico, you have no – okay. I don't know, Rocky. Should I give Rico a chance at it? Yeah, don't judge me. Yeah. Don't, don't limit me. Okay, Rico. Here's the question. Do you know who Jeremiah Johnson is? Of I know who Jeremiah – Oh, don't Google it. Don't Google it, dude. He won't find anything other than... I know, of course. I don't have to Google shit. He's a Mexican-American writer, veteran. (laughs) Nope. Wrong. Wrong. Jeremiah Johnson was actually named John Johnson, who ran the fur area here where I'm laying at right now. This is his country he roamed around in. Are you telling me it was a real dude? I don't know who that is. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. His name was John Johnson. He was a mountain man here in the 1840s, up to the 1840s. I know Boone. I know Boone. Pissing around out here. He killed a bunch of Indians because the Indians didn't like him very well because he walked through one of their graveyards. They sent out their warriors, and he killed their best warriors, and finally they made a peace treaty with him. Then he moved down to a place called Colson, Montana. Which was a little settlement, which is now called Billings, Montana. And he was a sheriff there. And he's buried on a fucking mountain down here. Wow. Dude, I did not know, Rocky. I did not know that he was a real man. I'm thinking of the movie with Robert Redford, you know? They could not get the rights to the full name, so they made up Jeremiah. But his name was John Johnson. The family would not 
sell the entire rights to his his lifelong story. Okay, I thought it was just a story. Dude. Went to Hollywood in the late eighteen hundreds, the early nineteen hundreds, and helped them with movies and stuff back then, which were they were <laughs> silent movies. He was like also Buffalo knew people Bill. like Buffalo, like Buffalo Bill Cody. Bill yeah, Buffalo Bill Cody was around here. Buffalo Bill Cody was one of the scouts that got over here <clears> with uh, Custer. And Buffalo Bill Cody <laughs> said, don't go down there to trap. And goddamn Custer Dude, said, no, you don't know what you're talking about. My pro scout said there's nobody down, down there. there. Yeah. I'm not going Buffalo Bill was sent back. Buffalo Bill was sent over to Reno's section, which was about five, six miles down the hillside where he stayed at while Custer went down there and got annihilated. Hey, uh, that's, Rocky, that's in Buffalo Bill Cody's South, uh, autobiography. Are you in South Dakota? Are you in South Dakota? I'm in Montana. I'm in the southeast corner of Montana. Dude, you know what I attempted to do recently? I have a hundred-year-old U.S. geological book that's like a foot and a half by, it's like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know the dimensions, so I'm just guessing. A foot and a half by like, I don't want to say a foot and a half by two feet. And you flip no. through it, it's, all, it's about the geological formations of the Black Hills, 1923. And yep. in the back, there's all these cool maps, right? And I yep. tried to donate it to, to, to uh, how do you say the name? Is it Perry? 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 Perez? The capital of South Dakota. No, the capital yeah. of South Dakota. Perry? Oh, yeah, that's Pierre. Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre. Pierre. I called up their historical society. I said, I got this book. And I don't want to sell it for five bucks and have somebody cut all the maps out. Do you want it? I was going to donate it, right? And I actually had a person call me back who checked their inventory and they said, we already have one. If you would yeah. like, one of you called Deadwood. They have another historical society up there, you know? Yep, yep. Deadwood and, will probably take it if they don't have a copy already. <laughs> exactly. It's a hundred-year-old book. I don't know. They might have yeah. a copy, you know what I mean? Yeah. They might, but it's too cool. It's too cool to give away for five bucks. You know what I mean? Well, you always donated to a to a any place around there that may have a local museum. Like we have one here, and they take in a lot of stuff from from when this place well, was started. What that's what I'm attempting to do. I'm attempting to do that. You know what I mean? I'll, tell, I'll give you a name. You can check if. If Deadwood doesn't uh, pan out. Well, I, I actually uh, have to admit, I have not called Deadwood yet. I'm not called I know, I'm, I'm just saying, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a museum here that will probably take it because they do a lot of this stuff. Uh, name, it's called name Bighorn. It's, it's called Bighorn Historical Museum, Hardin, Montana. Bighorn. Very cool. Bighorn. Bighorn. Okay, Bighorn. Historical Museum. I can get it from that? Yeah. Yeah. You can actually Google, Google it. It comes museum. up on the Google. Where? What, what are you bringing that up for? Like, what, what are you guys talking about that, that place? 
What's there? Oh, I want to donate an artifact. Oh, really? Uh, Rico, I want to donate an artifact that I think should be saved from salvage, you know what I mean? Are you talking about your foreskin from birth? <laughs> oh, no. That left me That left me when I was a young child, Rico. Nice. Oh, the Bighorn, Bighorn County Muse- Historical Museum is closed right now, actually. It's be- oh, it is. Oh, it's closed at five. Closed at five my time. That was two hours ago. It is, Dude. the address is 1163 3rd Street, Dude, East Harden. I'm Montana. not calling or mailing them tonight, Rico. Relax. And the zip code is yeah, 59034. The cool part is it, it sits on the reservation, on the Crow Reservation, because our town borders the reservation. So they're right off oh, there because it's tax-exempt property. I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm, I'm sort of committed to sending this book somewhere that, that is appreciated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people going to this. Is, it, this, this museum is, is a... <laughs> Tourist trap, especially around the Bighorn Days when they have their big celebration here. About oh, uh, summer days! Genocide of the Crow Indians. It says that the. It says what is Hardin, Montana, famous for? It says the world famous Custer's Last Stand reenactment, one of Custer County's biggest annual attractions. Yep. They have this over here to the west of me, about four and five miles. They got a place down there. What is Custer's Last Stand? I don't remember what that is. Custer got his ass whipped because he went into a. Custer's Last Stand is not in Montana. Yes, it is. Yeah, no way, is it? It's on the Little Bighorn. It's in the Holy in the shit, valley of the Little Bighorn, it. which goes. It's, it goes. I always thought it was in the, South Dakota or North Dakota. No, South Dakota. no, he came from South Dakota. He came from from a fort in South Dakota to come over here and kick the Indians up, and he had Crow Indian scouts. And he was going after the Arapaho, the the Iroquois. Oh, the I know the story. I know. Yeah, a whole bunch of Indian tribes came together to fight him and Reno and uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the other guy's name. There's another uh, uh, fortification or another patrol, I should say. Oh, Crow Indian man, that's an amazing name. That. Crow Indian, I, that, I love a crow. Like crow Indians are Crow Indians have the largest Indian reservation in the United States. Yep, it says the reservation then, offers two mountain ranges. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Rico. Crow Indians were given the largest reservation. And one of the things they were supposed to protect while they had that reservation was a little bighorn battlefield mm-hmm. and the grave where they dumped the bodies at after they brought them out of the damn <laughs> river valley. Oh. I was in a unit that was, I was in a unit, their history goes back to 1862. They carried the bodies out of the Bighorn or out of the Little Bighorn Valley wow. and dropped them off on the hill where the monument's at <laughs> now saying this is where they fought. No, I read the diary of the commander when I was in the 520th Infantry. And he dumped them because they'd been laying there for seven, eight days. And he oh, got God. there. They backed them up. Stripped and, and mutilated, them off. Stripped and mutilated, you know. All the bodies were stripped and mutilated. Well, no, they weren't stripped and mutilated. They were scalped. They were okay, scalped. Yeah, that's a mutilation. Custer that's was the only one that wasn't scalped because the chief who was in charge of that battle on the Indian side was Crazy Horse. And Crazy Horse told his warriors, do not scalp Custer because he felt like he was a, a, a fellow warrior. 
Well, yeah, they no, they scalped the shit out of them, and they did. But they drug them out of the valley, got to the where they're at right now, dig a mass grave, and stuck them in there because they stank too bad, and oh. it was screwing the horses up and making everybody throw up. Oh, we get high winds here, and it comes from the west, and you're going east. You don't get away from it. Well, let me add to that. Let me add to, let me add to what he was saying. For anybody who doesn't know what the little bighorn battlefield was, it, let's just let me go ahead and read a paragraph here about this because for historical sense, it says. I'm the glad sta- you're so the, good at Google. No, I'm glad you're so good at Google. Well, no, I, yeah, thank you. It says, <laughs> it says the south of Hardin is the little bighorn battlefield where the northern plains Indians defeated Custer and the U.S. Army. The world famous yep. Custer's Last Stand reenactment. One of Custer County's big annual attractions is celebrated in Hardin, Sealwick's Northern Cheyenne and Aparjo warriors under the leadership of Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, and Golf Fight George. Among Armstrong, Custer's 7th Cavalry Troops. The sweeping pageantry of High Plains history is portrayed by... Okay, so, so yeah, apparently there's a guy named Sitting Bull as well that was a leader. Yeah, Sitting Bull was captured later on and sent down to Fort San Antonio, which is now... Correct. Correct. Uh, Fort... San Antonio, but they had a quadrangle down there, and I went to that when I was down there for medic school, and they showed me pictures of the campment that Sitting Bull had. He had a teepee with his his wife and his kids and his dog in there until he died. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, was, he was literally imprisoned. Yeah, who went on tour the, with Buffalo Bill, Rocket? Who went on tour with Buffalo Bill? Geronimo? Uh, wasn't Geronimo. Um, gosh. It was Sitting Bull, dude, I think. Sitting Bull did for a little bit before he got convicted and sentenced to the quadrangle down in San Antonio. But Sitting Bull had a lot of different chiefs who had went to the reservation. And and Sitting Bull and um, Crazy Horse both resisted as much as they could until they got caught. Exactly. So they eventually lost, but they, they defeated Americans in that particular one battle. But oh, yeah, that's because – let me tell you why Custer got his ass killed. Because he talked Two shit. Two days away from him was his Gatling guns and his artillery. He couldn't wait. He had to go down and kill the Indians now. Exactly. He probably was wait he probably for was your drinking. Gatling guns no, and he artillery. He, had, he was filled with profound sort of desire. The bee things. Hello, folks. The next person we have on has the tastiest beaver on Podbean. Let's welcome Bella. Um, we can't. Yeah, say Bella. In, we can't say Indians here anymore in Canada. Wow, that's no, fucked up. No, we I, I don't. I hate that. Indigenous people. We call it Indian indigenous people. That's good. We say Indian. Yep. Uh, that just that just strikes a nerve. Such annoying. Uh, like lack of freedom of speech. I think it's so dumb. That's um. What became of when they found all these uh, graves of all these indigenous people that were buried? Like, uh, but, but let's not get lost what on on free speech because then it's gonna. Fellow, what are you gonna do? I've got, I've got yeah, one thing saying, to throw. Just, just, just hey. talking about it. Just talking. About it. Well, I've got one thing well, to throw in there. I, got one... I understand. Be nice. respectful to the bones in the museums and all that. Repatriate them back. Let them bury, bury them properly. But let me ask you this. Bella, let me ask you, Is there a name that someone would call you? 
I'm not going to break and sleep over it. Right, exactly. Let me ask you this, though. Okay, so we don't, they say not to call people certain names because it will make them feel bad. Is there a name that you guys can think of, everyone in panel, that if I called you that name, you would feel demeaned or less than or anything like this? Is what is, can you guys think of a name which you don't want people to call you? That should be banned? It's a different context. This is about native, uh, native, native people. They had their own struggles, so. What they well, want to be called. Okay, we all understand this Everybody has this Do they care though? Do they really care? Is that a thing? Like, do they get upset when people come? I have a friend in Australia, and they don't say that. Like, if you call them native, it's actually an insult. They have they have different tribes over there. Oh, they want you to so call them by their yeah. tribe. It's more complicated. Yeah. It's more yeah. complicated. You have to understand. You have to understand what the word for the Australians that the English <laughs> give them. Yeah. Okay. Weird. That word, that word defines as native. Mm -hmm. So everybody who is in a country that they're born in and have had their longevity in is an aborigine. Yeah. Native Aboriginal. Born. Aboriginal. Yeah. 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 But the, the, the Australians, when they started settling there, they called the Indians over there aborigines. And I've, I've known through my military career, I knew a couple of guys who were from the Aborigine tribes who were in the Australian army. Okay. And they were great people. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just, everybody's taught to put labels on shit and, and it's, yeah. it's bad. It is false, Rocky. Even, 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 yeah. even with, our Indians. When Columbus even, came over with the smallpox, what are you going to do? I'm not going to fucking worry it about it. came from years. Europe. It's it came from Europe. When it's they, like, you know, it's, you can't it's say five hundred years ago, without dude. being incorrect yeah. or 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 hurting somebody's uh, heritage yeah. or or something. Trying it's to demean them. Years ago, Bella. What the hell? I'm oh, not man, gonna worry yeah, about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but you know yeah. something that yeah, something I found it's out. It's hey guys. Hey guys, something I, something I found out a long time ago was all of the names that we have for the Indians here, like here where I'm at, they call them Crow, which is a translation of what their, their ancestry is, or the Sioux. The Sioux are not called Sioux Indians, their actual name is Lakota. Right. And it's just like I've the Cheyenne. And it's like the, I've heard that we have, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. William, hold on, let guys. William, let hold on a minute. A lot of the Indians we have here in Montana, like we have the Flatheads, that's not their name. That's mm -hmm. the name that the white people give them because of the way their faces are shaped. Mm -hmm. It's like the Rocky Boys. The Rocky Boys is not their name. They have traditional Indian names that they use that I can't pronounce. <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time trying to pronounce them. But every Indian tribe we have on the, on this country is a white man name that they use to translate it over to English. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Even the Indians don't like to sue because they were murderers and thieves. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, we, we've been taught to put labels on crap that we don't understand or we don't like or we don't, you know, don't want it. I think it's about context. I believe words are about context. Like if your context is love, is. I feel like 
I feel like that's really where should, I think the context should be looked at for sure. To say that you well, can't say a word yeah. is not a good thing to do. Rocky, because then where does Rocky, that end? You ever you... See that movie? Okay, we go. Good job. Rocky, you ever see that movie? I will fight no more forever. The story of yeah. Chief, Chief Joseph. Uh-uh. Yeah. Chief Joseph out in Washington State, I think it was. You know that uh, Chief fight, Joseph. I will fight no more forever. Canuck. What about Bella? Have you ever? Has anyone ever called you a Canuck? Yeah, we Canuck is there. That's the, that's fine. That's exactly. But that's an offensive term. Apparently, that's the same thing as saying whatever offensive term. Apparently, Canadians do not like that. No, I don't have a problem with that. It says you want to hear it. Do you want to hear a fact about Chief Joseph? Yes, sir. Here, yes, Rocky, about Chief Joseph. Mm-hmm. Okay, when yeah. Lewis and Clark came out oh. here, when Lewis and Clark came out here in the 1820s, okay, Lewis was carrying something that he gave to Chief Joseph, and no nobody way. understands no. it. Yeah, you know what, what it was? Mm-hmm. Air rifle. Oh. An air rifle out here because he thought they have a shortage of black powder, and he give it to Joseph when he met. Chief I don't Joseph's even know what an air rifle in that age would even look like. Dude. What is it? <laughs> well, the damn thing is in the museum, but I'm just saying, you know, that's something that Chief Joseph. That is, he he was. Yeah, but you have to understand, Chief Joseph was in a place where he rarely seen anybody white because it was still pretty much frontier with just trappers and mountain men running around, you know? Exactly. And, uh, exactly. we have that we have the trail just north of me about 50 miles along the Yellowstone where they came up to, um, the, uh, oh gosh, there's a place up here where, where, uh, um, Lewis carved his name in. And uh, that's a tourist attraction over here on the river. It's right next to the interstate. And they went all the way over to Washington. They were actually seeking the other side of the, of the country to find the Pacific Ocean. And, and they, they went up through the mountains, following rivers and climbing. Sacagawea oh. came in from the middle, from the Midwest. That cow, Sacagawea was leading. Apparently, yeah. Injun? Sacagawea, Sacagawea now. Sacagawea, what? What about my mama? Yeah. Sacagawea was, was it? The chick had a baby on the trip. Yeah. Clark's baby. He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like to, I like to read through the history. I used to, to deal in the, in, um, what you would call active history, going to these oh, like and stuff and being part of the like reenactment stuff. Yeah, it's all reenactments, and sometimes I was just part of a of a, <laughs> a moment in time. I told you the other night, exactly. there, William, as up down at, at uh, Fort Bridger in Wyoming on the on the the damn uh, <laughs> what the hell's the name? Of it? I can't think of the name right, name of the river now. Uh, Black Fork. <laughs> Right there at Black's Fork, where Jim Bridger, one of the king of the mountain men, who first named Yellowstone Lake as Lake Bridger. Sacachanela? Yellowstone. Huh? I'm just kidding. Huh. 
No, I, I was actually at, I was actually at the fort. It's a museum in, in Western, uh, uh, Wyoming. And I went yeah. there to, oh. to do a shoot and I got there a little late. The guy asked me if I had my stuff with me and put it on and meet him in a cabin for breakfast. And we're sitting yeah. there I eating. Jim Bridger, dude. I, 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 I sort of remember the story of Jim Bridger. I do. Yeah. Jim you Bridger know, was actually raided by, Jim Bridger was actually raided by the Mormons. They came in to raid his place and steal his gold. Is, These dudes were our childhood heroes. You know what I mean? Raccoon. Yeah. What's your name? Raccoon. Okay. I'll give you a great, I'll give you a great backstory. You know the movie Jim Bowie. What about Jim Bowie? You know? Well, hold on, man. You guys are starting yeah, to lose that, that, that ain't, that ain't nothing. We want Jim, <laughs> now, let, hold on, man. Jim Bridger was an, was an absolute badass. Okay. He oh, came bet. out here. He came out here when they were exploring this area with the Rocky Mountain Fur Company. Okay. He signed up in, uh, St. Louis. He was 14 years old, came out as a, basically a camp boy. He was the one to cook and do everything in camp. Right. Right. And they were coming out here, and if you remember the movie The Revelant, where the guy got eat up by the bear? Yes, I saw that right. movie. Yes. And there was one right. guy and a little yep. boy there watching this guy die. Yes. And at some point, they said, the guy says, look, we got to go. Let's get his stuff, and we'll leave him. Uh-huh. Well, Jim Bridger the was the little boy. But Hold on. Jim Bridger. Yeah. Hold on now. Hold on now. Jim Bridger was a little boy. The older guy, which was in his 20s, he was one of the mountain men. He was coming out here to do the trap, and Jim Bridger was just a camp boy. Mm-hmm. 14 years later, there's a rendezvous down here by what's now Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay? Right. There's a rendezvous right. for furs, and they bring in the traders to trade for the furs and shit. Everybody get drunk and have fun. This guy that of uh, the Revenant movie, this guy comes wandering in. He's all Oh, the guy from the Revenant movie, the, the guy who who got attacked by a bear? That was an actual that was an actual event. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, but hold on, hold on, hold on. They're at the rendezvous. Hold on. Hold on. Jim Bridger and this guy sitting at the rendezvous, and this guy comes in all cut to hell. He's got scars all over him. He walks up to this guy, points his rifle at him, and shoots him in the chest. And Jim Bridger sees oh. him, and he goes, oh, my God. He said, are you going to kill me? He said, no. You didn't know what you were doing. Oh, That's a true, actual account. I want to see that movie. And Jim Bridger later on started his little trade company. When the Mormons came through and they liked it, they traded there. They went to Salt Lake area. Yeah. Then they came back and raided him a few years later. And Jim wakes up in the middle of the night. These guys in there trashing out his trading post. Uh-oh. And he said, right. what are you guys doing? He said, we're looking for the gold. He said, well, wait a minute. I'll help you look for it. He yeah. didn't have it. Uh, good movie. <laughs> he ended up selling the goddamn fort to the military if a if he married one of his daughters, the commander married one of the daughters, the captain did. Oh yeah. I bet and she he was sold hot. him the oh. damn, he sold him the right. damn fort for $2,300, which is quite a bit back then. Dude, daughter is the new currency. 
shit. Back yeah. then, it might have been like Sparter five hundred thousand dollars. Who that guy? Yes. But okay, that was so, part of the Mormon so trail so uh, stopovers. Unamento, unamento, Rocky, unamento. Hey, Bella. Yes. There's another gal on here calling herself Q-Bella. I yes. thought that was you for a moment. No, there's another person called Q-Bella. It's not me. Oh, okay, I so, okay. All right, so you guys, I want to talk about two things real quick. Bella stated in chat earlier that China has the biggest population of indigenous or something she's maybe native but but that's i think i just was doing some research it's actually not native american yeah it's definitely no just native just indigenous to the original country i Uh, guess is what it means yeah the biggest population of native yeah yeah definitely not of native americans at all it was just indigenous people i guess like original chinese people that are still there the black but so then the the most natives are in alaska and new mexico yeah, oh, and Mexico has oh, more Native oh, Americans than United States. Oh, wow. Wow. And, yes. Yeah, we got a and, lot here, too, in Canada. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, Ala- well, Alaska. Rico. That's why I said Alaska. I said Alaska Rico. is the number one. Yeah, most of it well, is. you know, Rico. That which is weird if you think about it. Owned the land prior to the Mexicans, and the, we took it from the Mexicans. Right. Well, you didn't take it all, though. Yeah, yeah. we took it. They still got, they still got a big country. That's gonna be. Oh, we stopped an at the border. Thing. Yeah, we made a border, dude. <clears throat> I bet you they wanted it all at one point. The like they like, they'll line the up here. They'll block the roads. Like if you America. go, there was something here. They were going to touch their train tracks or whatever. They'll line up and they'll 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 block the roads and. Who the indigenous the natives? Yep. They will, oh, yeah. they will, they will, they will cover their land, their, their, their borders. Oh, they, will, they, they will protest. If they, they have will, a treaty, Bella, they, if they have a treaty yep, and it's their land, there, they, they the fuck off. It's sovereign land. It's sovereign yep. citizens. They will camp and they will stay there for as long as it takes to stop whatever it is you're going to build over there. Just for them. You know what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know what they do now, Bella? They do casinos and we're able to go and visit. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't have any native friends. Do you, do you have you any know? native friends? Do any of you have native friends? Oh, I, I've, I've had I a couple. Know. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, was, I, I had a couple, but not like any of my, like not a close best best friend though. Yeah. I worked with a dude. His name was Bobby Gross. I guess Robert Gross. And he was a Native American. And the motherfucker was a cool dude. And you know what? The dude would drive in, drinking a six pack, and leave work, leaving a six pack. You know, drinking a six pack. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Mm. That was his game. That was his deal. You know. Right. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Roger that. Cheers Roger to that. that. Cheers to that. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Hey. Alcohol is a hell of a drug. Alcohol is one of those crazy ones. Hey, hey has anybody ever been to a native Amer- uh, a native sweat lodge ceremony? Nope. No, no, I have, I have. I used to work with a bunch of them at the pig farm over here when I first got here. I worked in there as their maintenance man, and a bunch of them invited me to a sweat lodge. That sounds that's brutal, man. <laughs> it sounds gross. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, like it's, it's brutal because they, they build it. They build I a like little. Saunas, you know? Look, I, I saw listen, the big yeah, it, it, here's what they do. They build a little wiki up, a little mound building and they build a fire inside of it that rocks on the bottom 
build a fire in it and it burns for a little bit and it goes into ashes and then they pull them rocks out and they start dumping water on them a little bit at a time get the seam rolling I about melted in that son of a bitch, man. Oh, <laughs> did you? Did you? Oh, God, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, I lost five pounds in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I miss her. I need to go to a sauna bad. I'm due for a good sauna. Did you feel rejuvenated when you were done? Oh, yeah, but the fact of it is you're in there and it's like... All you're breathing in is steam, and it's like just oh, burning your lungs. Get out of here, and the guy's going well, just just wait a little point. bit longer. You're supposed to stress yeah. your body with the yeah. elements. Mm-hmm. Pulls out pulls out the toxins in your body, makes you sweat them out. Uh-huh. Right, and actually, actually, and then it also activates heat pro- shock proteins. Well, yeah, it does that too. But the the idea okay, is that lodge, the, the idea the idea that I actually didn't Google that I didn't Google. The idea of the sweat lodge is a ceremonial thing to I know some stuff to rejuvenate yourself. Okay, and when I left it, they give me a certificate and a Dagon eagle feather. All right, thank you. Hold on, I just want to speak to William. Okay, hold on, real quick. I know you're just joking, William. I know you you love me and all this, but but I. I've only had a Google like a handful of times. It's a very like one out of a hundred live shows do I Google stuff. So it's not a very common thing. I'm not a, a, a Google drone oh, or nothing. It's not a bad deal. You know, it's not a bad no, I mean, it's deal. definitely not bad. I'm trying it out right now because we have a bunch of – I just figured I'd try it right now. But I definitely do hold some knowledge stored. Heat shock oh, proteins I, I learned from, from just listening to podcasts. But it, heat shock protein is what happens is when you get <laughs> – when your body gets so hot to a certain point, it activates heat shock proteins. And what that does is those – Yeah, that is good for inflammation. Like you activate them through. There's two kinds of proteins. There's heat shock proteins and there's cold shock proteins. Those are people who get in ice baths and stuff like this. And what they do is they activate healing healing processes in the body. They activate your body to to help inflammation, to regenerate cells, to very interesting, very interesting. The the Scandinavians used to use a, a a sauna. Which is basically a, a Dagon uh, sweat lodge. Yeah, exactly. And after they get in there for a while, they go out there and they jump in the snow. I've done that. Yeah, no, but that's that's the why Irish, they're doing that. The they're, they're exciting those the proteins. Mm-hmm. I used to done that. I've done it multiple times. The Irish used to make a stone house and burn the peat in the house and pour water over it as a sauna house. It was, yeah. a, you know, yeah. an Irish sauna. Yeah, the Russians are famous for saunas. The the Finland people are famous for saunas. Yeah, like all the cold northern, regions. All of northern oh, Europe is wrong. good. Saunas are freaking cool, man. I, I used to live sauna. in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, way way out there. Yeah, I built a guy I a like sauna. I like to go in a sauna with Chow Bella there. I like to go in a sauna with Chow Bella. Yeah. Really, I'd like to go in a sauna with you, William O'Connor. <laughs> oh, negative. I'll go in with Chow Bella. You know, me, you, and her. <laughs> is she who? Yeah. Hey, Bella, I'll take you to a sauna. All right, William, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, just since we were talking about natives, I looked up some of the the so so seven inch. Like, there's a quick list here. It says seven entrepreneurs that are Native American. I actually know. I actually met one of the only people living at the time who ever qualified to be the Crow Indian chief. 
No and way. what he did was he went to World War II and he performed everything he needed to do to become chief and was documented. And he came back and said, well, we'd like to make you chief, but we forgot how to do it. So this oh. guy went to college and he became a, he became the only person in the United oh. States to study every tribe in the North America or in, in the United States and Canada. And he was the advisor of Indian affairs for six presidents. And he was also That's a professor. Crazy. Yeah. Was? I met him. I met him here. He was on the history channel for almost three years. And that's why I picked up on it. And then I met the guy one day and it's like, holy crap, you're the guy from the history channel, aren't you? Yeah. I've been on there a few times. Big tall guy. I mean, he's six. Wow. Four. He was, he was wow. 90. He was 90 years old, but he was the only man who ever qualified to be chief since, um, goddamn, I can't think of it. The last one they had here, he's, his home is over on Fire Mountain here. Um, Walking Bull? Shit. No, no, no. Um, damn it. Anyway, his wife's name is Two Leggins, which is where the bridge down here is named after Two Leggins. But he was Two Leggins' husband. He was, he was the last living chief. Two Leggins was, was the Indian queen at the Crow. They called her Two Leggins. Wow. Uh, gosh, I have, to, I have to get my shit out here later and look it up. And hey, Rocky. Back with you on that. Rocky. What? You remember that commercial when we were kids? It was the Indian dude paddling in his canoe. It was an anti-pollution commercial. Yeah. And yep. at, the end, at the end, that dude has like a tear coming down his face. Yep. You know? That yeah, dude was that Italian. That yeah. dude was Italian. Yeah. Mm. He wasn't even an Indian. Uh, a lot of those... There's a lot of those Indian chiefs and stuff from all the different places. I know one guy who's who's uh, Indian uh, uh, tribal area is Wisconsin. Right. Oh, yeah. They have that Potawatomi. The po- yeah, Potawatomi or the Fox. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah, th- th- this guy. I'm close by Wisconsin. His, I know the Indians. This guy I'm talking about. His uh, heritage chief to the tribe was was um, uh, shit. There's a there was a story written about him by one of the famous story writers or poem writers years ago. Edgar Allan Poe, Michael Whitman, or something like that, or Walt Whitman. Was it? He wrote about the he wrote about the Chippewa. He wrote about the Chippewa uh, chief as a young boy. Huh. Um, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, God. Boy, the life put in also. You remember the song? From the Chippewa down to the big lake, they called the Chippewa. Yeah, but, uh, th- this was the, the old Indian chief that was there. That, uh, I think it was Walt Whitman wrote the story about him or a poem about him or something. And, right. Oh, what was it? in schools all over the place. I can't think of the name of it. W.W. was all right. Uh, W.W. was all right. Hiawatha. 
Chief Hiawatha. Exactly. Okay. I, I, I know that poem. I know that poem. I had to, I had to dig for that one, man. <laughs> you had to access those brain cells, huh? You had to go to a different program yeah. up there. There's a name. <laughs> what's his name? Tamumka? Or what's his name? Tamumka? I had to like drink that? another. I had to take another drink to call for that one, guys. No, it's not Tamumka. It's Tamumka. Tamumka. Say it again. Yeah, Tamumka. You ever heard of that guy? Well, I came from the area around Tecumseh. Tecumseh was a big Indian chief area in Indiana where I grew up at. Wow. No, don't get me wrong. I respect it. They're cool and all, you know? You know? They're an artifact, man. Well, you have to, you have to understand something about the American Indians. American Indians were grounded people. They, they, Lived on the ground, they worked in the ground, and the settlers came over here and looked at him as being cavemen. Exactly. I, I, I get it. I get it. It was a conflict of interest. You know what I mean? Conflict of interest, you know? Yeah. A lot of that stuff is really interesting when you get the deep diving into it and finding... Oh, it's fascinating. Well, it's yeah, fascinating. early American is, is they're some of the most fascinating. Well, I've, I've met a lot of the old elders around here, and some of the stuff they tell you is fascinating. It's like here at Prior Mountain is known for the little people. The little people were, were people were, were basically gremlins. Okay? And they, they, they found, yeah, yeah. They found a straight kid straight one day, one day and, they and they kept him kept all, him winter, all winter because his family, family lost him. They went back the following springs to do their little grubbing around, finding food and stuff. The kid pops out of nowhere and says, Hey, mom. Hey, dad. And he said, Where you been? Well, I've been with the little people. And nobody knew about him until that point. Mexicans. Well, no, hold on. Here in this area, nobody knew about the little people because they never seen them. And huh. they took this kid in because he was a little kid. He was only like six or seven years old. They That's what in the children. They said, we're not going to kill the children. We'll just absorb them. Yeah, right. but what, what it was, okay. what it was, was this kid became the next Indian chief. In his life, wow. he became, oh, that's a story. became one of the Indian chief because of the knowledge he learned from them. Wow, that's unusual. (laughs) Rocky, I'm very influenced by movies. And then I'm thinking of Little Pig Man with Dustin Hoffman, A. B. uh, Dances with Wolves, C. Have you ever seen the movie? Holes? Have you ever seen the movie Holes? No, The Last of the Dogmen. Yeah. The Last of the Mohicans. No, The Last of the Dogmen was... uh... That was with that guy that was in Platoon, the Platoon Sergeant. Oh, what the hell was his name? Yes. Uh, don't worry uh, about that. But it was a full premise that there's a yeah. tribe of Indians in the Oxbow. It was the Oxbow region of somewhere, you know? And it was like an inaccessible yep. forest, you know? And, yeah, like and the most... The, Ox- the Oxbow, I, I think, always, was in Wyoming. I think the Oxbow was in Wyoming. Oh, I always speculated there, Rocky, that 
The Last of the Dogmen is a sequel to let to Dances with Wolves. Because you know at the end of Dances with Wolves, they walk, they all they all travel up into the mountains. Yeah. So if you watch Dances with Wolves and they at the end they just go into the mountains and the dude say goodbye, my friend, you know what I mean? And then yeah, well, he, he actually watch. he actually went back to the Indians because they were gonna throw his ass in jail for treason. Well, that's why he went. That, 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 oh. That's why he went back to the to the Indians. Is they were going to arrest his ass, and he got out of prison because somebody let him out of the prison there, and he ran back to the Indians, and that's where he was supposed to have stayed with them for the rest of his life. But and he, he, was, he was one of treason. He let the he let the tribe escape, and him and his girl like sacrificed themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a lot of people think that the, the American Indian came from uh, Asia over the land bridge. That's black and red. But they found, they found DNA from some old, old bones that place them with blacks and with Europeans thousands of years ago. I've heard speculation, Rocky, that it was actually the reverse. No, they have both DNA in in the American Indian showing that they were from different areas. Now, the ones up on the land bridge, yeah, those could be the the Eskimos and some of the northern tribes. Yeah, yeah, but you also have to remember that there's a there's a a tribe of Indians in Washington. Whose liter or their lore is that they survived the ice age by uh-huh. living That's next crazy. to the ocean in ice caves and shit, and underground. Uh-huh. Well, not just underground, but they they survived. Hunting seals they still had to go out and hunt their food and shit. They're like hunting seals and shit, you know. Well, they were mm-hmm. hunting whatever they could find. They were fishermen. They were doing all kinds of stuff. But they had a they had a thing that they were doing there. While the ice age was going on, and they say, "Oh, it just covered everything," but yet you turn around and you find it in uh, was it uh, seventy, no, sixty-five thousand years ago, some French ancestors are from the French area came down along the goddamn ice shelf and ended up in Florida. Yeah. And they from Siberia, two the Siberian ago. ice shelf. No. No, this is the ice shelf that went across the northern hemisphere of the world. Yeah, which is Russia and Siberia, fool. Yeah, no, they came from Europe over to America going west. They crossed the ice shelf that went over the top of the Atlantic Ocean, and their bones were found a few years ago in Florida. Right. Okay, you guys, we're going to have to do uh, closing thoughts because the show's about to cut off. So let's okay. do our closing well, thoughts on Native. Just totally disclaim the Clovis Point find in Arizona or wherever it was found, right? They're saying yeah. it's much earlier than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people are going to find out that we've been running around this planet for about 100,000 years. but Right, I believe For that. the religious part of it that... 
that text everything. Six thousand here for six or seven thousand years. Yeah, that's which is bullcrap. Now they found the fucking oh. tappy, which pushes it back to twelve thousand years, and they just found another one that pushes it to thirteen thousand years. Yeah, exactly. We could go back and as far they as were all years. hand buried. Those sites yep. were all hand yeah, buried. I'm a, I'm a, the only I problem, the only thing, Rocky, I, I'm a believer that it's much earlier than that too. Oh yeah. Yeah, the we thing is, the only problem we have though is to finding technology, like finding their their technology. We see the structures, but we don't see how they built the structures. It's the hard part. You have to understand those structures, like the the uh, the, the uh, pyramids or hundreds of. The engineering of the pyramids is very simple, Rico. It's very simple. They built mounds of dirt. They built mounds of dirt. No, no, that's wrong. They actually found like that they were cut out, like the the, the stones they used to build the the. The Great Egypt Pyramid is actually they cut, they cut it from thousands of miles away. Some of those stones. No, two hundred and seventy miles away, and they're supposed thousand. to have rolled it up there. Well, I heard a thousand. I heard a thousand miles. No, it wasn't no. a thousand. It wasn't no, a thousand. still like two hundred ton stones, hundreds of miles. Oh, it was an incredible yeah. feat. Oh, I'm not disclaiming that, but it was. But they didn't just build mounds of dirt. That's not accurate. <laughs> no, they built mounds of dirt. To lay the stone as they went. No, up, they didn't. They no, they didn't. It's already proven they didn't do that. They already proved they didn't do that because the Giza pyramids are within one quarter of an inch square. The largest one covers over fifty-six acres. How in the hell would they be able to go up four hundred and sixty feet to lay the capstone at the very top? It would have to have a damn mound up to the side of it, almost seven miles long. They built levels like an elevator. Level one, level two. But you know what the Giza Pyramid... uh, Hey, you know what Giza stands for? Mm -mm. It's a plateau, okay? Where do you find a plateau? On a freaking mountain. Giza... In Egyptian translation means mountain of caves. Wow. All right, folks, we are down to the last three minutes. What a show it's been. We talked about so many things and what a great conversation it was. And so I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Thank you, Rocky Raccoon 6, William O'Connor, and, of course, Bella for joining today. I'm going to do a last little thing here with our last couple minutes. This might this might be a little harsh for some people, but we're intellects here, and I just want to do this. So I'm about to list a, read a list of words in the next two minutes that are offensive words for people according to nationality or ethnicity. Here we go. Black. A black person is a word sometimes considered offensive, so you should be very careful. Canuck, someone who is Canadian, especially from French Canada, this word is sometimes used as an insult. Colored, an offensive word for black people. Colored, a British spelling of colored. Colored, colored, colored. Okay, coolie, an, an insulting word used in the past for a worker with no special skills in China. Coon, an offensive word for black people. Cracker, an insulting word for a poor white person who lives in the southeastern United States. Dago, dago, an extremely offensive word for a person in Italy, Spain, Portugal, or South America. Eskimo. A member of the Inuit people. This word is now sometimes considered offensive. Frog, an insulting word for a French person. Gypsy, a British spelling of gypsy. Gook, a very offensive word for some someone from Asia. Goy, someone who is not Jewish. Gringo, an insult word is used by someone from people South America. Uh, some people from South America, from someone who is in a, from another country who speaks English, especially someone in the U.S. Gypsy, a Romany. The word is sometimes considered offensive, so you should be careful about using it. Half breed, an offensive word for a person who has parents of two different races. Half caste, an offensive word for someone who has parents of two different races. 
heoli, haole, an English person, a white person, honky, an, an insulting word for a white person, Indian, a Native American word that is not considered to many people offensive. Injun, an extremely offensive word for a Native American. Jerry, an insulting word for a German. Jock, an insulting word for someone from Scotland. Kafir, a black person. Kafir, a non-believer by some Muslim described. Kafir. Kraut, an insulting word for German. Mac a Mac a term used for South African from foreigners from South Africa. Mammy, an offensive word for someone used... For a black woman who took care of other people's children. Mick, an insulting word for an Irish person. Malota, mulato, an offensive word for someone who is black, one black parent, one white parent. Native. Negress, a black woman, black woman, word used from the second half of the 20th century. Negro, a black person, a word used until the second half of the 20th century. Nigger, an extremely offensive word for black people. Non-white, oriental. Paddy, an insulting word for an Irish person. Pakiha, nil, Pakiha, New Zealand offensive. Paleface, white people. Pickaninny, the word is sometimes by older white people. Black child, a pickaninny. Polak, an offensive word for someone from Poland. Pommy, an insult, a slightly insulting per for someone from the UK. Pommy, I'm gonna call Caps Pommy next time I see him. Pygmy, alright folks, I'm out of time here. Savage, savage, da, 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 I think that's about it. Alright folks, thank Rico, you very much. My final word, my final word, I used every one of those terms in my life. Every Woo! one. Woo! Roadhouse, bye everyone. What do you think, Rocky? You probably did too. Ciao. Hey. Yeah, there's only one race on this planet. It's called the human race. We're all brothers. But, dude, we use every one of those terms that Rico just freaking read off from Google. You know what I mean? I oh, said yeah. every one of them. I said every one of them. I said every one of myself in my early years before I found out oh, different. Exactly. I've, I've even been called. I've been even sure. called a cracker. I've been even called a cracker. And what is a cracker? Dude. It's a slave. It's a slave whip cracker that kept the slaves in in check. Dude, I mean, we matured, right, Rocky? <laughs> we matured, and we choose not to use yeah. those words anymore. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. That's that's. Progress, you know what I mean? Yep. That's progress, Rocky. When old dudes like us say, you know what? They keep I understand. those al- they, they they keep those words alive to keep us divided. You know, Divide that's exactly what woke means, Rocky. That's exactly, exactly what woke means. Yep. Oh, I don't want to use those words anymore. You know? I haven't used those words a long time, man. Oh, dude, but I used every one of them. Every one he read, I used. I said, yep, 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 yep. If my dad heard me using them, he'd beat my butt. (laughs) 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 Uh, My dad pushed me a couple of times. I don't know. Yeah. Set me down the steps once, man. Jesus Christ, set me flying down the steps one night. Yep. But I had it was a reason. I came home drunk. You know, I came home drunk. Yep. I gotta go. I gotta take care of my dogs here. Uh, Rocky, it was it was actually very pleasant catching up with you. Okay. All right. Been good. I enjoyed it, and uh, I hope we uh, talk again. Okay, bud. We will. Roger that. See you later.